0: welcome to another episode of Additive Insight from TCT, the original additive manufacturing podcast, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and AM intelligence. I'm your host, Laura Griffiths, Deputy Group Editor at TCT, and on this week's episode, we have an interview with Randy Altshuler, CEO of on-demand manufacturing marketplace Zometry. Earlier this year, TCT spoke with Randy about the importance of localised manufacturing amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And in this conversation, we elaborate on that idea by discussing the benefits of distributed manufacturing going forward, how Zometry is enabling that with a network of over 5,000 manufacturing partners with a range of advanced capabilities, including additive, and how it's looking to the next big challenge facing the manufacturing sector, climate change. If you like what you hear, you can get your free print subscription to TCT Magazine and receive the biggest 3D printing news stories below straight to your inbox every week with our additive insight newsletter by subscribing at tctmagazine.com. You can also let us know what you think over on social at the TCT Magazine and also join in the discussion on the additive manufacturing global community Discord. But first, a word from our sponsors, Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion based 3D printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. For a decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash UltimakerPod. Okay, so first of all, thank you, Randy, very much for joining us today on the Insight Podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: No worries. Um, So for our listeners who don't already know, tell us who Xometry is.
1: Yeah, Xometry is the world's largest marketplace for custom manufacturing. So we bring together tens of thousands of customers who want to buy different kinds of custom manufacturing from 3D printing to machining to injection molding. And then we have a network of worldwide of over 5000 suppliers who actually manufacture those parts. So using our technology platform, we bring together those customers and the manufacturers.
0: So 5,000 manufacturing partners, that's a lot of partners to be held responsible for. How do you go about identifying and onboarding those new partners to this network?
1: Yeah, what's pretty amazing, Laura, is that most of our partners have come to Zometry organically. So hmm. they've heard about what we're doing. Uh, maybe they've read about some of the news online. Uh, maybe another machine shopper manufacturer mentioned to them. So by and large, they've been coming to us. And then we have a pretty extensive vetting process to ensure that they're gonna meet the quality and customer service needs that our customers have. So it, it starts with a digital experience where the uh, manufacturers will uh, fill out some forms online, uh, we'll verify some of their certifications, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll do some testing of those partners. And once all of those hurdles are overcome, that partner is then eligible to join our network and begin producing parts for our customers, and and then we have ways along the, to ensure that they start in baby steps, and and uh, and then eventually can do more and more.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it a little bit at the start there. So while a lot of TCT listeners will be quite keen to hear about Xometry's additive manufacturing capabilities, it is, of course, not just 3D printing. There are obviously a range of advanced manufacturing processes that you guys provide. Can you talk about the significance of being able to offer all these different kinds of technologies on this single platform?
1: Yeah, so I think as a lot of your customers know, more and more assemblies have a variety of technologies. So it's pretty amazing when you see... Orders come through, and first, some of them are, are a mixtures of additive and subtractive or more traditional manufacturing methods. But what's even more interesting is now now, now more, and on, more, more and more, we're seeing customers order a variety of additive manufacturing. So even within one order, within one assembly, for one process they might be using HP's technology, and at the same time mm-hmm. they'll have other parts that are uh, selective Laser Sintered or FDM. Uh, and so more and more people are adopting these technologies, but they're doing it in conjunction with other technologies. And so if we really want to serve our customer and if we want to become their one-stop shopping,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we offer those technologies together.
0: Mm-hmm. And while the manufacturing actually takes place um, at your partner facilities within this wide network, zometry is kind of... Power is really in this platform that you've created and and the software capabilities within that. Can you tell us about how you kind of work along the lines of these design for manufacturing side of things with providing feedback to customers? And is the platform constantly learning from the various um, things that you get uploaded?
1: Yeah, so what's a little bit unique about Xometry is the foundation of our technology is artificial intelligence or machine Mm -hmm. learning so we're using machine learning constantly to figure out what prices are what are the true prices for certain parts and and machine is learning as we uh, execute more transactions uh, as we see more parts or orders we better understand what the true cost of that will be in the marketplace and sometimes that cost will depend on the time it will take to manufacture the location Etc. so we're learning, and, and by using machine learning, the more data that you digest, the more parts you process, the smarter the system becomes. We use that same approach also to optimize design for manufacturability, so to help the customer avoid mistakes that others have made in the past where there maybe have been a failure because the geometry didn't work for the particular, particular technology they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Material selected wasn't ideal for it or the surface finish. And so, again, by using that machine learning approach, our system gets smarter and smarter. And we we and our customers, most importantly, get the benefits of our growth in better feedback and better results.
0: And so, in that way, does it take into account? So, say if a customer has got quite a a standard part that would be tr- traditionally manufactured by something like I don't know CNC machine, and other ways to kind of um, help them understand how it could be better designed for something like additive manufacturing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, and this goes back, Laura, to one of your questions about our our platform being wide and flexible. Hmm. Uh, when the customer comes to our site and he or she uploads a part they can immediately see not only multiple technologies that they could, that they potentially could manufacture. And the the DFM, the design for manufacturability feedback might say, this isn't even possible. But they'll also see, just based on the geometry, but they'll also see uh, many different materials, uh, different finishes, tolerances, uh, post-processing. And that's where a lot of the learning is happening as well. And the intelligence is, Is is rooted in that as well, so the customer can see maybe this is possible with this particular additive technology. Uh, I've I've traditionally machined this part. Now I can I can use DMLS or or X one's binder jet, but the particular material I want that's not available yet in these technologies, or some of the uh, features or tolerances I'm seeking aren't possible. So. We, we By sort of giving this full uh, supermarket of choices to the customer and then intelligently showing them what what they can and can't do, depending on which technology they want, they can see how they might have to change their design or even the materials or some of the other uh, requirements for their parts if they're going to make that shift from traditional or subtractive to additive. But they'll also see, and, and for customers is always critical, they'll see the trade-off on time and price. So um, what you often see is customers hear a lot about additive manufacturing um, and they wanna be forward thinking. So they'll come to our platform and they'll upload a part that they've made. Maybe they've they've molded it in the past or they just die casting other sort of production scale technologies. And then they'll upload that part to our platform and get a 3D printed price and, and lead time and there's often a shock factor, like "Oh my goodness, this is a lot more expensive than I than I thought it was going to be." Even in scale, and and boy, it takes a long time. Yeah. That you know, that is one of the pitfalls today of additive manufacturing. Uh, it doesn't scale as well as, and and there are great people like Carbon and others. We're getting there, which is wonderful. Right. Um, but that's our system provides a lot of that feedback, and that's helpful to root people a little bit in the reality of the AM world today.
0: Mm-hmm. You spoke a little bit at the start about the, uh, the vetting process that these partners have to go through in order to become part of the network. So it, how do you also control the quality of the parts that are coming out of those customers? And you know, is the kind of a, a process that needs to be followed? What what kind of measures are you taking?
1: Yeah, so one thing that's important to know is that Xometry is not only providing the technology backbone for these transactions and bringing together the customers and the manufacturers. But we're also guaranteeing the quality, the on-time delivery. We also serve often as the customer support. So uh, we want to provide our customers an enhanced experience, allow them to tap into and access all this tremendous capacity that exists and these Mm -hmm. wonderful manufacturers, but at the same time, sleep well at night knowing at the end of the day, Zometry is going to guarantee that order. Similar to, to a certain extent what Amazon does with their third-party sellers. You, you, you go to the Amazon platform, you have that seamless experience. Sometimes you're ordering from somebody other than Amazon, but in the end, you know that Amazon is there to ensure that you get what you actually ordered. We do the same thing at Zometry. So along the way, we are very actively monitoring the status of a customer's role. And we try to make that for our manufacturing partners as easy as possible. There, there, are, there are automated tools and prompts and things that our partners uh, interact with to give us updates. So we know if something has gone awry, uh, if something won't be on time or if there's an issue. And there's also active feedback back and forth between us and our suppliers and our customers. If there's a question, you know, often in manufacturing, the questions don't start arriving until the manufacturing starts, you know. Uh, and so we're, we're very active at every point of the transaction. So there are no surprises. And because we're not doing the manufacturing itself, that almost frees up Zometry to be completely focused on the customer support, the quality maintenance, the actual delivery, uh, and allows our, su- su- you know, our suppliers our partners to focus on the manufacturing itself. So that division can often be a very, uh, Beneficial outcome for our customers, uh, and so it it it, it can be it, it, hopefully is an enhanced experience.
0: Mm-hmm. You've onboarded several kinds of, of AM technologies in, in just the last um, year or so. I mean, most recently, I think it was um, DMLS within Zometry Europe. How do you go about adding those different technologies to your services? Does it happen quite naturally when, say, a new manufacturing partner comes on board or do you actively look for partners that have those capabilities in-house?
1: Yeah, it really starts with what's the demand in the market. Mm. So uh, a lot of our... Uh, a lot of my colleagues at Xometry are have deep roots in the additive industry. I've been in it longer than zometry has been around and they're constantly active in groups. Uh, you know, they're thought leaders. Uh, we're in touch with lots of new emerging technologies and we're also in touch with what our customers want. So the first check to whether or not we add a technology is: is the market looking for it. Is this what customers actually want? And then the second check is, is it a proven technology? Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be leading edge, but we don't want to be bleeding edge. At <laughs> the end, we've got to deliver to the customer? So uh, is this technology vetted? Is it being used? What applications is it being used in? Mm-hmm. And then after those first two things, we check that box. Hey, there's real demand here. And this has been proven out and it actually works. And people are using it. That's when we'll say, okay, now uh, now this is something we want to add to our platform. And that, Laura, is when we'll, we'll actively go out and seek the suppliers, particularly in the additive world where it's it's still such a new day, particularly with new technologies. Mm-hmm. We'll seek, hopefully, the depth in that area and, and partner with them and come to them and say, listen, you know, you are the leader in this technology uh, like x1 x1 itself is 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 manufacturing the parts in our platform um, mm-hmm. customers are asking for this uh, will you will you join us and then we we have a you know we make we build that partnership with them and we can then start adding it and offering it to our customers
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And continuing with additive a little bit there, you know, you've know, got quite a unique position really in terms of being this um, provider with a very large customer base really across the globe. So in terms of additive manufacturing, are you seeing any trends in the kinds of applications that customers are, are, are coming to you for? Is it kind of in line with conversations happening in the rest of the industry around increased demand for volume production, for example?
1: Yeah, I think there, there definitely is. Uh... You know, I think the area that we're seeing still a lot of pain is on the metal side. Mm. Uh, You know, in the plastics, definitely the volumes, the average order sizes we're seeing are increasing. Um, So that's more and more common, and it's very exciting to see. And particularly as some of these new technologies are faster, going back to what I was saying before, are faster and less expensive, and are becoming more competitive with traditional manufacturing at scale. So that's definitely a trend that we're seeing. Uh, on the metal side though uh, I think it is tough going for everyone Uh, and I think the really large metal production deals are happening either in-house so the customer has bought the machines themselves uh, or they're working directly with the OEM, with the equipment manufacturer because the equipment manufacturer can optimize uh, maybe they'll co-develop a specific material they'll uh, validate or uh, the specific machines, the uh, settings of the machines, is, as you and your listeners know, this is part art, part science. So mm-hmm. every machine, even with the same technology, isn't the same machine. Uh, you have to calibrate it. So that's that's still the sticky wicket. And, and the lack of standardization, particularly in metal, both on the material side, the certifications, that's a problem. And if... Uh, if metal additive technologies is really going to explode and achieve what people wanted to achieve, there has to be some common ground there. So a customer knows that when he or she orders, you know, when a customer orders a machine part from us, they never ask what machines our suppliers are using. They don't care. Right. At the end of the day, they, 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 they're confident they're going to get what they order. They send over the CAD file or the drawing. It's going to happen with additive. It really, particularly again, going back to metals. It really matters what machine you're running.
0: Mm And I wanted to ask you about um one one of those um customers it was a story that was announced um, just earlier this week actually um Somity recently revealed a, a partnership with BMW to produce custom assembly fixtures using 3D printing. We know very well that, that BMW has an extensive um kind of extensive experience with additive manufacturing for end use parts. So what does it really say to have uh, massive users of 3D printing come into a service provider like you guys for very specific applications?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a, a very interesting question, Laura. And, and uh, our largest customers or some of our largest customers have some of their own are some of the largest manufacturers out there. So mm-hmm. they're deep in the industry themselves. Um, and so uh, I think that gives them, they end up being really good customers because they know exactly what they want. They know what they're really good at and what they want to focus on and what they'd rather partner with somebody else on. Mm -hmm. And they're constantly pushing the envelope of what they can do. And so they look at folks like Xometry as a way to extend their uh, penetration or adoption of those technologies uh, in a much more efficient, agile way. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, BMW and others try to stay as lean as possible, both from an inventory perspective, but also from a cap- capacity perspective, isometry can become an extension of their capacity and work in the, in that quick fashion that they, they have to have in the automotive industry, there's no, there's no or difference, buts about it. It's a prerequisite. Then they'll do it, you know, okay. the burden falls on us, which is exciting. To use our our marketplace, to use our technology, to meet that demand, and to move as that seamless extension, um, and you know we're we're having some good success doing that.
0: Mm-hmm you talked um briefly earlier about some of the uh, the challenges that we're facing with with metal additive manufacturing but the manufacturing industry in general has has faced some really unexpected challenges this year with with us going through the the covid-19 crisis and all the kind of um the repercussions on supply chain as a kind of distributed network and you know, that has all of these um manufacturing spots all over the world. How has the recent months really impacted Zometry? Have you seen increased demand due to customers now looking for alternative manufacturing routes and wanting to use a, a provider like yourselves?
1: Yeah. So, um, we have, seen know, a, a large increase in our business this year. Um, and I would ascribe that to a couple of reasons. One is because of those supply chain disruptions, customers no, in many instances, didn't even have access to their traditional manufacturing partners. So particularly, let's go to the China example. When when China first had the impact of COVID right around uh, the holidays in China, which then got extended for a much longer period of time and, and things just simply shut down, uh, as you know, many people manufacture in China, they were scrambling to find alternatives. And so Dometry is is a digital distributed uh, platform that enables local manufacturing. And so when you saw China go offline, customers could come online, could come to our site, to our platform and immediately access alternative nodes of manufacturing elsewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So that, that was very powerful. The second thing is people in manufacturing often, uh, and this is, not as true in additive, but it's true in the rest of manufacturing, customers will often drive and see the manufacturer. They'll go right on the floor and work hand in hand sometimes with the, with the uh, technician, with the manufacturer, the operator of the machine to uh, figure out that first article and then move beyond that. Uh, That relationship got, um, I wouldn't say severed, but is now frozen in the middle of, co- in the midst of COVID, where people, even our customers themselves were stuck at home. So they weren't going to go out down, the, even if it was down the street and did the local manufacturer and explain to them what they wanted. They couldn't do it. So uh, suddenly that personal in, uh, in person interaction was gone. And the alternative was our experience online that also fed or fueled a lot of our growth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's a very different dynamic.
0: Mm-hmm. And rather than this being kind of a, a temporary plug for manufacturers that have got these um, these breaks in their supply chain now, do you see this kind of um, being something they'll they'll use and, and take up more going forward? Do you think this is a trend that's going to continue?
1: I certainly hope so. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would say that, I mean, I would hope that when customers get a taste of of what we can do, that it, it is very compelling for them and we become part of their manufacturing solution. Uh mm-hmm. and we're continuing to try to enhance the user experience, provide more value to our customers. But to a certain extent, Laura, the burden is also on us to uh also win over the manufacturers because mm-hmm. we are a facilitator, we're a marketplace, we are not a manufacturer ourselves. And the strength of our offering depends on the manufacturers themselves. Mm -hmm. So as much as we need to win over the customer, I've got to win over the manufacturer and prove to them why they want to be part of our network and operate on our platform. And uh, these are men and women who've had their own businesses for decades, who are really good at what they do, rightfully are very prideful about it. So uh, I have to have a compelling diet proposition for them. So mm-hmm. we're now investing more and more providing value to them in addition to the customer, but particularly to the supplier uh, to make them active participants. So for example, about three months ago in the United States, we launched the Zometry Advance card. So this is a debit card. And for every job that a manufacturer gets from Zometry, we immediately place on that debit card, even before they started the job. 30% of the value of the job. Mm. And so they can then use that 30% to go out and buy anything that helps their business. And for our, and it's it's a it's a visa card, so anywhere a visa is accepted. So for our manufacturers, cash flow is critical, particularly in the pandemic, my goodness. Uh, so if we can get them cash faster, that enables their business to be better. So that's just one example of things that we're trying to do to make it more attractive to our manufacturers. So they'll want to be participants and that this will be a, a, a growing trend.
0: Mm-hmm that's a really interesting initiative and it goes alongside there's another initiative that Zometry announced I think it was um just last month where um to kind of address another challenge in the manufacturing industry and it's one that you spoke to my colleague Sam about I think it was main probably during the height of the COVID-19 um uh, first wave to be honest and you spoke about um the looming challenge of, of climate change on manufacturing and how you know you thought that was kind of the the next big thing that that manufacturer really going to have to to face and Zometry recently announced they were going to let the customers offset carbon generated um, by their orders. Can you talk about how that works and and where this idea came from?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, COVID is just a dress rehearsal for the much uh, greater devastation we are are going to see to the extent we're already seeing Mm -hmm. from climate change. I mean, my goodness, here in the United States, you know, we had Australia on fire last year, and right now the Western portion of the United States has been, been impacted by dreadful fires, which are still ongoing. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and in a positive note, you're seeing everywhere, everywhere globally, a, a real recognition that that climate change is a existential threat to humanity, and that we all have to step in from the mm-hmm. governments to the private sectors. Uh, everyone has to play a role and certainly manufacturing uh, has a carbon footprint and um, so we think it's critical that we get ahead of that trend and trend sounds like it's an optional thing we get ahead of that necessity and and do our part and enable our customers and manufacturers to do their part too so we started uh, earlier this year with zometry buying, carbon credits to offset all of our shipping. So anything that gets shipped from Zometry, we're buying the carbon credits uh, to offset that. Uh, Now we're going to launch this quarter, the ability for our customer, uh, when he or she quotes an order, we've put together a calculator of the carbon footprint uh, or the emissions from the manufacturing of that order. And so we, we built algorithms around that to say, hey, for this order, uh, this is what the emissions will be. And then we give the customer the ability to offset none of it if they don't want to or 50% or 100% of that cost. Uh, and then we also are offering up uh, initially three different organizations, which are combating climate change and are trying to preserve our uh, our, our natural environment for them to choose which one to donate as part of their order. So mm-hmm. they upload a part, um, let's say it's $1,000, and it turns out uh, to offset 100% of the estimated footprint from the manufacturing, there's a $20 cost. Mm-hmm. Or just to estimate, enough it's calculated in front of me. And it also depends on what technology is chosen, by the way. So you can see the benefits of additive versus some of the traditional ones, then the customer can then, as part of that order, uh, decide how much of that they want offset and then actually direct which charity it goes to. So we're, we're empowering the customer to make a difference. It's not very expensive, uh, but it, it it's impactful. Uh, the second half of that, which we're going to be more focused on next year, is helping our manufacturers become more uh, green, aware, and impactful too. So everything from the packing materials they're using, uh, the cleaning supplies they're using within their facilities, et cetera. We're gonna uh, have a green designation um, and that will also be helpful for our customers to see the plus place to direct, uh, you know, to find partners in that as well. So uh, lots to come um, and we're excited about it because it, it is so necessary for, for all of us to play a role.
0: Mm-hmm. And just to finish, then on on some uh, really good news for the company, and I guess to kind of talk about what is to come next, you recently received an additional um seventy five million dollars in, in in funding and uh, to really um expand your your growth plans. Can you talk about what you're going to to use that that funding for, and and what it means about what we can see next from Zometry in the over the next year or so?
1: Yeah, so we were very excited to announce that uh, T. row Price which uh, is a large, primarily public market investor in the United States, uh, led a $75 million round in Zometry. Um, and uh, to price has over a trillion dollars of assets under management, just to put that in perspective. So, uh, you know, Zometry is excited. We, we also hired a new chief financial officer, Jim Rallo, who has had experience taking another company public, Going from private to public, so that's you know that's something that we've been looking at. And mm-hmm. with the addition of investors like T Rowe Price, uh, there were two other new investors, Durable Capital and Arrowmark, that also joined the round. And these are companies again that funds that invest mostly in public markets. We were excited to have that. Uh, we're also excited that we just announced uh, yesterday or two days ago that we have two new members of our boards of directors. Uh, one is a woman named Ka- Catherine Weymouth. Uh, Catherine was, is the former CEO and publisher of the Washington Post. Mm. So, uh, Catherine has a tremendous background. Um, and so we're thrilled to have Catherine join our board. And then a woman named Deborah Bile. Uh, Deborah is the founder uh, and the CEO of something called the Posse Foundation, which is a not-for-profit that sends posses or groups of students to leading universities on scholarships. And since that was founded, they sent uh, students with over $1.5 billion worth of scholarships. Wow. And and, uh, when President Obama in the United States won the Nobel Peace Prize, he divided the proceeds about a million dollars amongst 10 charities. The Posse Foundation was one of those. So we were thrilled to have Deborah join our board as well. So
0: So quite a powerful team then for things going forward.
1: We're, We're excited.
0: Word from our sponsors Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion based 3d printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. For a decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash